Hello, and welcome to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro, a podcast all about the Bible, theology, and all things related to the Christian faith. I'm the Ryan half of Ryan and Brian, and this is episode number 37. This week, we are starting our Advent series. And to keep things interesting, we are looking at Advent through the lens of the Old Testament prophets and what they had to say about the coming hope of Christ. And this week, we are looking at the prophet Jeremiah. Before we get started, if you're enjoying the podcast, would you mind leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or a review on Facebook? If that's not your thing, would you mind sharing the post about this episode or another episode you've enjoyed on Facebook or just tell a friend? We'd love to expand our audience. All right, let's jump into this episode looking at hope in Jeremiah. Hey, Brian. Hey, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm... I'm trying to think of new words all the time. Because <laughs> I always ask you, don't I? Yes. I don't want to mean to put you on the spot. Oh, you should put me on the spot. Okay. I'm, g- I'm good. I'm good. We just, uh, I'm he- we're here in Bloomington. Yeah, it's uh, Bistro on the Road. We're in a well, new kind of... What's well, a road for me? Yeah, well, that's true. But it's it's even it's a different place than we've ever filmed, filmed before yes, or, or recorded. Or recorded anywhere, yes. yes, ever. So we're here in Bloomington. Yeah. So uh, how are you? I'm doing well. So yeah, yeah we were going to, uh, I mean, we're, it's not quite the Christmas season yet for us, but we're starting to see stuff in the stores and things. I've yes, that. it's happening. It happens earlier all yeah, the time. Yeah, every year. So. It's like Halloween right into, you know, skeleton mask <laughs> right to Santa. <laughs> right. So here, here we are. It's happening. A magical time of year to switch right, right from Halloween to Christmas. So. Right. And so uh, so we thought we'd talk about Advent maybe this, this week and yeah. for the next few weeks, kind of get us in that uh, idea of the meaning of Christmas and try to focus in on what God did for us in Christ in Christmas. So yeah, that's that, kind of it's, a, it's good. It's a, you know, this is one of the things that I'm glad we're doing this. Like Christmas right. is always a time for me. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of fun and there's things to do, but it's also, and Lauren and I have had this problem. It's like, you get into December, then all of a sudden, yeah. it's like it's Christmas, and it's like, wait, what happened? Yeah, like I, well, I missed it. And and I think you know, so both. Christmas is a big season for Christians. Of course, Easter is a major season for us. But I think we do a lot of preparation. Like we talked about, the stores all get ready and this kind of thing. We do a lot of the preparation for the the celebratory parts of it, you know, getting together with family and baking and cooking and all that kind of stuff and presents. But but to think about the spiritual meaning of Christmas and and again the coming that's the of hard Christ, part, yeah, yeah it's, it's important. And so that's that's why you know I, I haven't always done this through my ministry, but for the past several years, I've focused on Advent, uh, the Advent season, and the four Sundays leading up to Christmas to kind of focus again on the coming of Christ and and that kind of an idea. So I thought we might do that with our podcast, too. I know it's a busy time of year for uh, our listeners yes. as well. And But uh, you can get a little bit of that Sunday Advent midweek, Tuesday. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there get you, you go. through the week, huh? So. Yeah. So Advent, you know, is is not it's not in the Bible. It's not a some kind of a festival that's talked about there or a feast or anything, but it was a pretty early time uh the church in in some ways have been celebrating Advent really since the 4th century or so. Okay. And it was traditionally a time when believers um leaving leading up to their baptisms. It was almost like a time of preparation for for their baptism at Christmas. And so, and, and so, uh, this is just a totally side topic. Yeah. So, I know a lot of baptisms happened leading up to Easter, but yeah. they're also to Christmas uh, as well. Also to Christmas, and okay. so it's kind of a time of preparation there. So, okay, yeah, and then later, and and this is the kind of thing I like, and I focus on this is Advent. Of course, the word it, it's simply from a Latin word that means you know the idea of the coming, you know, to come into the world is the, is kind of the idea we think about Jesus' birth, 
But in the in, in a later period of time, it really began to focus not only upon Jesus, what we say his first coming, but also his second coming. Not only his birth, but also we look forward to his return. And it's kind of we've talked before about this kind of time yes. between the times, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a way to focus on that too. Not only think about that Christ came into the world, but there's also this anticipation of his return. So, so anyway, that's okay. that's kind yeah. of what I've done. And and like I said, I preached through these, and um, the four weeks of Advent. Are, are given different themes typically. Um, hope is the first one, and we're going to talk about that today, a little bit of passage that connects with that idea of hope. But hope, love, joy, and peace are, is one of the ways that these four weeks of Advent are kind of um, uh, put together. And so I thought we would talk about those four over the next four weeks for our listeners, yeah, kind of help great. us get spiritually into the into the Christmas season. And so today, focuses upon hope is really what I'm what I'm thinking about today is the idea of hope. So great. The the other thing I'll just mention is I don't always go I don't usually use in fact the lectionary. Uh, lectionary is just kind of a predetermined uh, set of scriptures that you can use for for worship planning. There are some uh, kinds of churches that use it more frequently than others, but there are, it's become more and more popular for people. Uh, I don't ne- normally do that. And I'll just say that I have nothing against it. The reason I normally don't is um, I, I tend to like to go through a, a passage of scripture, uh, like a book or a part of a book more, more thoroughly. Okay. And so a lot of times the, the, um, lectionary readings will kind of skip around, but I do like them when it comes to Advent, cause they're usually focused on those four Sundays. And so what I thought we'd do for the next, um, this episode and the next three episodes to come is I thought we would talk about the prophets, the, the prophetic, um, passages that are in the lectionary leading up to this to this Christmas season. So That'd today I thought we'd look at Jeremiah 33. If okay. you want to turn to that, Jeremiah chapter 33. Yep, I got it here. Good. And so verses 14 through 16 is the main part of what we're going to look at, but then uh, I'm also going to look at 17 and 18 a little bit later as well. But Jeremiah 33, uh, 14 through 16, I'll say it's interesting because there are some... Uh, these verses are not in the earliest versions of what we call the Septuagint. That is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible. And so there are some people who think that maybe they were put in later. They're not to the time of Jeremiah, but they're very similar, I would say, to other parts of Jeremiah. In fact, I'm going to look at Jeremiah 23 a little bit later and show you there's almost exactly the same thing. I don't think there's good reason for us to exclude these from the book okay. of Jeremiah. I think that they're... Or, so were they not part of the Dead Sea Scroll? Um, the uh, that I don't know. I'd have to look that up. I'd okay, have to I just find did, that out. You know, so, of course, that's a little bit later. What we do with the Septuagint is when it was translated. You know, we say, well, that it was obviously translated from a Hebrew text that was available then, right? And so that's why that's kind of looked at. I think it's in the Dead Sea Scrolls. I have to look that up. Okay, <laughs> that just, be a just a, it was totally random question. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Just for, like you're saying, like it's not in the, not in no. the Septuagint. I'm like, well, maybe. Yeah. You know, so, Dead Sea Scrolls. Well, go ahead and read four, fourteen through sixteen for me, and and then we'll talk a little bit about it. All right. This is the NIV. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days, and at that time, I'll make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. Yeah, you stumbled over the it, and it uh, you, you'll note if you have a, a note there, it'll also say it could be he, and yes. that's actually one of the things we'll have to talk about here a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why I was yeah. like, wait, the name by which it? I'm like, it's uh, a little unusual. Well, are the, we talking about a Jesus yeah, here? The qu- well, uh, well, let's hold off on that, okay. and we'll talk about it a little bit later. But let me, let me say here, first of all, we have this idea of a righteous branch, and like I said, this is the theme of hope. 
Uh, and this is talking about the idea of a promise. And so promise is the idea of something that's, well, you always make a promise for the future, right? A promise isn't a present reality. It's a future reality. Mm -hmm. uh, if you say to your kids, oh, we're going to go get ice cream after, you know, the church service or whatever, you know, that's, that's a, a future promise. And it's this idea, God has made this promise to the people of Israel. Of course, Jeremiah, uh, you know, Jeremiah's prophecy is a pretty negative prophecy overall. <laughs> Yeah. And it's it's a time yes. it's a time when the leaders were not doing well the 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 land was not doing well because the leaders were not leading the people in the way that God had called them to mm -hmm. and so uh, we we in fact we call Jeremiah the weeping prophet right there's this right. kind of very negative negative and in the book of Lamentations which is just like it sounds Lamentations. it's all, it's all lamenting. lamenting right and uh, it is attributed to Jeremiah as well so so his. <laughs> yeah, he he kind of had a tough. Uh, he drew a tough tough straw, I suppose you'd say, in terms of his calling, mm -hmm. where he had this responsibility of really kind of saying um, negative things about what was happening in the land at the time. And, and so, hope is this idea that God there is a coming a day. It, it says in those days, you'll notice that a couple of different times, mm -hmm. days are coming in those days in this future time. God is going to restore. Um, the land, and he's going to renew his promise to the land. So it's talking about th this idea. Um, so it's looking past when the people are going to be taken into exile and looking at what God is going to do in bringing the people back uh, from exile and, right. and, and you know from the Babylonian exile and the, and the way that he's going to to bless them in that time. A couple of interesting things I'll just notice here, and then let, we'll look at Isaiah or um, Jeremiah twenty three here in a minute. Um, this idea of a righteous branch. Uh, and and that image or that metaphor is is an interesting one. It's it's the idea of something growing or something sprouting, um, and and I always say it's kind of the idea of something that's been cut off. If you think about a sprout, uh, it, it's 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 growing in a place that there have been things that have been have been cut off. So uh, it's kind of like David's line. It might look like David's line had come to an end, especially when exile comes. Oh, yeah. Especially when um, you know, you might remember the last king. Uh, there at the end of the book of Second Kings, uh, when he's taken into exile, he's killed. His right. whole family is killed, and it might appear that David's line is is uh, is is done. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's this hope that God is going to continue to do what He has promised. Now let's look back at Jeremiah 23. In fact, I, I just inspired myself. I, I'm going to do something. Whoa, well, whoa. well, I'm going to do something <laughs> a little bit different too. I hadn't thought about doing this, but. Uh, let's we'll talk about the end of Second Kings here in just a minute. But look at um, Jeremiah chapter twenty-three uh, first of all, and uh, and read uh, just verses uh, five and six. And I want okay. you to notice the similarities between this and Jeremiah thirty-three. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. So what do you notice in, in the parallels there? What, what kind of things jump out at you that are, that are similar? This is the name by which he, yeah. he and it's it. And, it, the other, it, it, and he, that, it. that's why you stumbled over it, because in 23, it's he. It's saying uh -huh. that this king I'm raising up will be called by this name. We'll look back at Jeremiah 33 and talk about that in just a minute. But yeah, the it, but it's the same name, right? The Lord, our righteousness, uh, is, is, is what it says. Uh, and then there's other things. The branch, do you notice that? This yeah, idea the again of, of, yeah. of a branch. Mm -hmm. branch. This is a little bit finer point, but it says Judah will be saved, and it talks about both Israel and Judah. So the two kingdoms will be saved. Both kingdoms. It's talking about, you know, this is a time of a divided kingdom. 
is talking about both of God, you know, all of God's people is kind of the way to say this, uh, will be saved. Uh, and it's, it's this righteous branch or this sprout or, uh, you know, how it's talked about there in 23 goes back to the time of David, right? That promise. So the other promise that this is a part of is, uh, is found in second Samuel chapter seven. And we won't necessarily look there today. That's, that's a, that, that's an important passage. Second Samuel chapter seven is where God promises David that there is going to be an eternal line of kings who come from him, and and he's going his offspring is the way that it said is going to reign over an eternal kingdom. Now, obviously, again, this points when we're talking about Advent, it points to what God was talking about in Jesus, mm-hmm. and that's I think one of the exciting things about Christmas. One of the things that I I always try to an image, I guess I'd say, I try to paint in people's minds when I'm talking about Advent, talking about the coming of Christ, is this idea of the long hope that we have. You know, Jeremiah was in a dark period of time when the kings were not doing the things um, that, that they should have done. And, and we've talked about this before. Prophets always arise in times. Yes. You, you when things are a, bad, that's when the prophets come when, up. When things are going well, you don't need a prophet, right? You need a prophet to kind of bring the people back to what they're supposed to be doing, to, to confront the leaders, to confront both the kings and the religious leaders, which we'll talk about in a minute. That's the time you need a prophet to speak God's word when, when, you know, when the normal kind of leaders are not doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. Uh, and, and, and so we have this idea of a dark period of time. Uh, Isaiah, you know, one of the passages that we use around Christmas all the time, the people living in darkness have seen a great light, you know, mm-hmm. and of course, you, you can think even the images of Christmas that we have, um, you know, here are the shepherds at night and, and the angels, you know, the angel of the Lord comes yes. and tells them about this thing. And then there's this choir of angels and, and the idea of a star in the darkness. This idea of light in the darkness that's leading, uh, and, and so all of these kind of ideas have to do with with the idea of hope and the idea of uh, in the midst of darkness there being light. Of course, it's that time of year as well, uh, right? When yeah. when things are dark, um, you know, it's it's the darkest part of the year almost, and and it's a time when uh, when we're looking forward to the you know the, the sun the sun coming the more sun often coming, this yeah. kind of thing, and, and so hope is is that kind of an image. But I talk about for a long period of time, people were look, looking forward to God um, fulfilling this promise that he'd made, that David is always going to have a descendant uh, on the throne, on this eternal kingdom. And even when things were not that way, even when things right. were, were not good, they were looking forward to and they were, they were pursuing that. It, it was the one thing they could hold on to, even right. in the midst of that and then Babylonian exile, which was right. a dramatic shift. Right. So the message, I think, for us is even when things are not well, even in times where there's chaos and uncertainty and, and, and difficulty, um, that doesn't negate God's hope. That doesn't negate God's promise um, that we still have this expectation that he's going to uh, accomplish the things that he's promised that he's going he's gonna to do. So any other thoughts or ideas about that before we, we go on? No, I, I think it's... Uh, I, I appreciate going back to the Old Testament, you know, and, yeah. and seeing those things and, and putting that in context of Jeremiah that, like, things are bad, right. and this is the message that gets right. to be delivered. And I think, you know, no matter what, you know, there's a lot of um, things, even today we would say, hey, the, right. things are not great, but there's still this hope. Like, Jesus has come, but yet there is still more hope to come, you know, right. in, in his second coming. And so kind of seeing this message delivered, not just in a time of easiness, but in mm-hmm. a time of hardness, that there is a hope 
there is hope for you. Yeah. And so this idea that God is going to bring up this righteous branch, and and it's going to be a time when David is going to have a, a, a descendant on the throne again, even when these kings have not been leading the people in the way that, that they were supposed to be going. Let me go. I, I said I was just going to kind of do this. This came off the top of my head. Second uh, Kings chapter 25. Now, the last king, and he was a descendant of David, but the last king of Judah was Zedekiah. And uh, he rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar. I don't know if you remember this whole thing or not. It was Mm-mm. kind of stupid. Uh, I, I would say he's the stupidest king of Israel, but but he rebelled against this king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. And and Nebuchadnezzar comes through because he 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 placed him as kind of a vassal, what we call a vassal king. In other words, you can continue to rule as right. long as you re- recognize my authority. Well, he's like, oh, we're gonna. You know, I'm better than that. And I've often said it's a little bit like Rhode Island, you know, deciding that they're going to rebel against the rest of the United States. Something It, it was kind of <laughs> like, like that. You know, yeah, you're powerless here. Here's you're the, surrounded. Here's the Babylonian Empire, and here's Israel, you know, what's left. And you got to remember, this is after their best and their brightest have already been taken away into exile. Right. You know, Daniel's already gone, you know, all of his friends and that kind of thing. And so Zedekiah... And so what happens, and, and again, this isn't a pretty necessarily a happy Christmas story, I guess, but I'll just say Zedekiah is killed, his entire family is killed, you know, to kind of say there's... That was there's a misstep on his part. There's an end to this line. But then I've always pointed this out. If you look at the end of the book of Second Kings, this is Second Kings chapter 25, and, and I'm going to read starting in verse 27. It says, in the 37th year of the exile of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. So Jehoiakim had been taken into captivity, and Zedekiah had been placed as this kind of puppet vassal king. Puppet regime. But here's Jehoiakim still alive in Babylon, and when this king, Awal Marduk, became king of Babylon, he released Jehoiakim, king of Judah, from prison. This is verse 27. He did this on the 27th day of the 12th month. He spoke kindly to him and gave him a seat of honor higher than those of the other kings who were with him in Babylon. So Jehoiakim put aside his prison robes or prison clothes and for the rest of his life ate regularly at the king's table. Day by day, the king gave Jehoiakim a regular allowance as long as he lived. And that's the end of the book of Second Kings. Now, the thing I think is so hmm. interesting, the way that that ends, is it's like for someone who's paying attention, Jehoiakim is a descendant of David. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, Zedekiah got cut off and all of his family got cut off. But not only is Jehoiakim still alive, but we see the Babylonian king begins giving to give him a seat at the table, a special honor. And so, you know, a careful, a careful listener is kind of like, oh, it's, you know, there's still there's hope. There's still hope. And so it's the same thing again when Christmas, you know, when we think about this, it, I always want us to kind of, for us, we're, we're so used to living in this, in, in this beautiful reality that Christ has sent his Messiah, that, that the Christ has come. And, and we're, you know, Paul says we're blessed to live in this time, and yet I think it's important when we're in this season of Advent. Advent isn't the celebratory part, you know. That that's when Christ's birth is. Advent is that waiting, it's that mm-hmm. long kind of dark waiting, uh, and we've all been there, you know, waiting for the diagnosis, uh, waiting for the doctor to come back, you know, to to talk to the family. You know, we, we've all been in those in those periods of waiting. Uh, waiting to see what how things were going to work out, waiting to hear back from you know from our interview, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm, whatever Those it periods is. of waiting are difficult, and, and that's where we are in that Advent. And and the idea is don't forget that God's promise is true even in the midst of this. Let's talk about this title. We've talked about it a couple of times already. We kind of alluded to it. This is the name. I'm going to go back to Jeremiah 33. In those days, Jude, Judah will be saved. This is verse 16. 
In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it, uh, or again, that could be he, will be called the Lord, our righteousness. Now, the Lord there is, is Yahweh, and righteousness, Sadiq uh, is, the, is the Hebrew word for righteousness, but this is, uh, 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 let me see if I can say it right, Sedeknu. Uh, means our the new there is is our righteousness. It's a possessive in in Hebrew. Sidiknu, so Yahweh Sidiknu is the name by which it'll be called. So what this probably so both Jeremiah twenty three and Jeremiah thirty three talked about that this King who's coming, this promised Messiah, is going to rule justly, which mm-hmm. is one of the one of the things that um, they have that a problem with. It was a problem, and I didn't mention this earlier. I should have mentioned this. Both Jeremiah 23, I find this interesting, Jeremiah 23 and Jeremiah 33, just before these passages, if you look, we're not going to take time to do it right now, but both of them are in the context, they talk about shepherds. They talk about these shepherds who've not done what, what they're supposed to do. And shepherds, of course, since the time of David, stand for the kings or the leaders of the people. Uh, and we've talked about that before when we talked about John chapter 10. So, so here's this idea that, that here's going to be a just shepherd a righteous king who's going to who's going to reign like like David did and kind of the idea is the lord our righteousness is that we will again recognize that he is the source of our righteousness that he is the one by which our righteousness is is available mm-hmm. and again i think this is referring to jesus the one who makes us uh, righteous um and and so the the question of is it's going to be the city that's called this is it Jerusalem that's going to be called the Lord our righteousness or is it the Messiah who's called this uh, look at Isaiah um, this is the very first chapter of the book of Isaiah there there's this long tradition of uh, the city having this kind of an identification uh, this is Isaiah uh, chapter one verse twenty six if you if you get that verse yep. and just look at it quickly yep. What does it say there? I will restore your leaders as in days of old, your rulers as at the beginning. Afterward, you will be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. So you see that the Jerusalem is called this idea of the city of righteousness. And so so some people think it's, it's referring to this idea. Now, ultimately, and, and we can say this at least in Jeremiah chapter 23, the idea is God's people will be um, righteous because of what this king has done. So so just like these these bad kings, <laughs> let's call these 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 wicked shepherds is what they're called in Jeremiah. These wicked shepherds lead the people astray. In the way that the shepherd goes, that's the way the flock goes. And so we will have a shepherd. We will have this Messiah who will lead us in righteousness is the idea. And then Paul picks up on this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. I think I have it here. I'll just okay. read this for you real quick. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. That idea of our righteousness is, is probably a direct allusion to this, this idea that he will be called the Lord our righteousness. He is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as is written, let, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. That is, we recognize that he is the one who, who has brought us into, into God's presence. He is the one who's just, and he is the one who's right. So thoughts on that or anything else? I got no. one more thing I want to say after this. No, almost, I think, I think it's really, um, I, I mean, oftentimes I don't feel like we talk about the Old Testament sometimes right. when we talk about the hope in, right. in Christ. At Christmas time. Yeah, at right. Christmas time. And mm-hmm. so I think for me it's, um, 
I mean, it's really meaningful for me to to see back and see this this thread that uh-huh. that's gone through right. it. And you know, we've talked about sometimes realized eschatology yes. and future eschatology. Yes. Exactly. Uh, like what's hap- What what did Christ do today, and what is Christ doing in the yep. future and the in times and his return? But that there was hope. You know, yeah. like hope has been a thread right from the very beginning. Absolutely. And it, so, and even in those dark times, you know, yeah. and I, I've read several books like you know, Babylonian captivity was like massive shift you right. know it's i think maybe we called it like our 9-11 or you know right. it's like sure the or destruction you, of jerusalem destruction yeah. of jerusalem like mm-hmm. there's all kinds of things that are like oh my gosh like who are we what's happening right but like there's still hope in that sure and then as jesus comes he brings hope but there is still more hope and then we're looking forward to that that's where that uh, advent that mm-hmm. his, his second coming i think that's important for us as well look back at uh, jeremiah 33 i'm just going to end with this this is verses 17 and 18 uh, which follow, obviously, right on what we've been talking about with Jeremiah 33, 14 through 16. Uh, and here's what it says. For this is what the Lord says, David will never fail to have a man sit on the throne of Israel. Reference back to Second Samuel chapter 7, almost a direct quotation there. This is what the Lord says. David will never fail to have a man sit on the throne of Israel, nor will the Levitical priest ever fail to have a man to stand before me continually to offer burnt offerings, to burn grain offerings, and to present sacrifices. So that idea of king and priest is what we see, the, 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 the king after the reign of David and the Levitical priesthood, you know, both of those side by side. And in the latter part of the New Testament, or the, I'm sorry, the latter part of the Old Testament, uh, one of my favorite examples of this would be in the book of Zechariah. Um, you, have, you have this idea of the two, uh, the two um, olive trees is what they're called. They're, mm-hmm. they're the priest and the king. But the interesting thing is for us, Jesus becomes both the, the king and, and the, the high priest, priest right? The, the priest Hebrews. that's offering sacrifice and the one who is the mediator between us and God, the way that we now are able to draw near to God. So I love the way that both of those are kind of brought together in Christ, and, and that's what Jeremiah is talking about. We need not only someone who leads us well, but also one who in righteousness can draw us near to God, who becomes that mediator. And, and of course, you mentioned Hebrews. The Hebrew writer says, well, Jesus doesn't even the, the high priest used to have to offer sins for themselves, a sacrifice, a sacrifice for, for themselves before they could offer sacrifice on behalf of the nation. And and he says Jesus is greater than that. The Hebrew writer does because he doesn't need sacrifice for sin. So he becomes that mediator for us. So that's the hope we have. That that's what's so great about this that that Christ has come and is fulfilling this promise that God had made years and years and years years ago. Uh, he is that that branch that has. You know, I always say it's kind of like if you've ever seen a, a tree trunk that's gotten cut off, but then there's that one branch that comes off. It's right. it, 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 that's how Jesus is. He is he's got the roots of 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 the people of Israel and of David, but he becomes that that new shoot that that branch that that becomes for us God's righteousness in the way that we now draw near to Him. So, thought I'd share that today. Yeah, and, I think I think that's great. You know, I think it's it's good. Again, I keep saying the same things over and over again, but you know, <laughs> it's fine. just that you know, usually in this Advent, it's it's you know, we we've got a lot of New Testament and right. what Jesus going on, but to see this thread of hope through yeah. the whole story, Absolutely. through the whole story of redemption, and that there is no matter what happens this Christmas for anyone, for you and I or anyone else, right. that there is hope, absolutely. like that that Christ brought hope, and that there is hope to come. Yeah, absolutely, and all things. So I think this is great. Good. Well, I, I hope you look forward to the, the rest of our. Uh, Advent. We'll look at some other passages from uh, from all all four from four different prophets is what we're going to be looking at over the next several episodes. So, excellent.
encourage you to tune back in for that. I yeah. guess no, we're not tuning, but well, no tuning. Do you have a sign up? <laughs> Do you have a send off for it? Yeah, we, well, it's Christmas season, so what should we say? It's the Advent season, so we should say something like, "May may, your... may the God of hope fill you with um, hope in this season." I don't know. Yes, that's and awful. May the light bulbs you hang on your home not break. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> See you later, Ryan. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. And as you might have guessed, next week, Brian and I are continuing our Advent series looking at the theme of peace in the prophets. You can find show notes, links, and more at thebiblebistro.com, as well as sign up for our email newsletter to stay in touch, but also to get some exclusive content. You can find us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Bible Bistro. And as always, you can subscribe to us on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Just search for Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. You can also find us on YouTube, if you didn't know that, just by searching for Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. We're on there as well, so each episode will be uploaded in the video format uh, so you can view our beautiful faces as well. So if you haven't checked that out, go check it out. You can subscribe there as well, so you know you can be everywhere with us. Um, anyway, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next Tuesday.